this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast, we tackle the story song, The Ballad of Dorothy Parker, from the Sign of the Times album. Joining me to navigate the surreal lyrical content of this track is first-time guest, Angel Monique. Welcome to the show, Angel. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm excited to have a new guest again. Uh, I've been, you know, hearing things about you from our mutual friend, Julian Long, so I'm, I'm you know, great to have you on the show. Great to finally talk to you in in quote unquote person. Um, but you are new to the show, and and you know, as a new guest to our listeners, so maybe this would be a great opportunity for you to give like a brief bio about yourself, and kind of give us your Prince origin story, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. So I'm going to age myself here, which is okay. Um, my intro to Prince was the song Soft and Wet from the For You album. <laughs> and I was probably six, five or six years old um, when it was on the radio. That was the first song that I remember. And the first song that I, one of the first songs I can remember learning all of the words to. I don't know how in the world my parents were cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> I don't know how it's a little it's a little that. risque. <laughs> yes, definitely. But um my father was the lead singer in his own band. Um when I probably up until I was maybe seven, six or seven years old. So music was always very much a part of our household. Um so I, I always sang, even as a little kid, I would you know, we there was always music and I always sang. So it was one of the first songs that not only did I love the words, but I love the music. I appreciated the instrumentation. And one of the moments that I knew that I also wanted to play music. It's when I knew that I wanted to sing and knew that instruments, that that was something that I knew that I wanted to do in my life, that it was that important to me. So that's that was my introduction to Prince. That was my fall in love moment, soft and wet at five or six years old. <laughs> wow. Very yeah. cool. So did you uh, kind of listen to Prince then from that point on? Or did you ever have like a moment in your life where, you know, Prince's music wasn't speaking to you in the same way as it used to? There was never a moment without him. Okay. All of my life from that point on, there every album I, on wax on tape cassette a cd every single one of them i had and i love that my my parents appreciated my love so much that they purchased every one of them nice. they purchased every one of them yeah so there was always the influence there always very cool yeah cuz i think he'll everybody's got like a different story obviously and then they have different touch points in prince's career because it's such a long career so it yeah. it would it wouldn't surprise me because as we grow older like especially if somebody comes across prince as somebody very young and a child tastes can sometimes change um mm -hmm. and like what you loved when you were five or six years old Maybe you move on to a different form of music that's your preferred uh, style or genre, and maybe Prince's music no longer is important. But for those that have 
you know, followed him from the beginning, from For You and Soft and Wet, all the way to the end of his career. That is really cool because you were experiencing his evolution and his growth and his, you know, his ability to to change with the times and also change his music, take on new um, kind of new genres within his repertoire and stick with it maybe you didn't love everything or i don't know maybe you did but uh, there might have been some <laughs> things that, that that spoke to you more than others but you still were were there for the whole thing for the whole ride which is really yeah. cool and i think it's pretty rare yeah definitely some things spoke to me more than others and i think that there may have been some moments that i may have not loved something but at a time, my parents changed and they got super religious. And there was a moment where we weren't allowed to listen to secular music. And so I don't know if maybe in that time, I may not have felt the same, but because I couldn't listen to it, meant I was absolutely going to listen to it. So <laughs> I was finding it everywhere I could find it because I wasn't allowed to listen to it. So. And, you know, in those moments, I was over at a cousin's house over here, albums, you know, that were coming out that I wasn't allowed to have one parent. My mom first was very into this particular denomination, but my dad wasn't. So he was buying the albums for me and then they would be hidden somewhere. So I never <laughs> did. I never did lose it because somebody was always buying it for me. So I did. I never completely lost it. Perfect. Perfect yeah. set, setup for you to always have that kind of that in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whether it was Dirty Mind or 1999 or Around the World in a Day, whatever it was, Purple Rain, you always kind of were able to stick with it, which is cool. Yeah. But what we're talking about today is the Ballad of Dorothy Parker off Sign of the Times, 1987. Yeah. So this is, I understand it, one of your favorite Prince songs of all time. Is that correct? This is my favorite Prince song of all times. It Not took just one me of them. Until it is, the, it is yeah. the. It took me until probably two years ago to realize that I actually had a favorite song. Because as I was telling you before, um, a friend told me who who was true. What person who's truly a fan actually has one favorite song? And <laughs> I mean, like I, I felt shamed almost like I yeah, you're being challenged. Like, yeah, like how am I going to say that? But I had reasons, you know, for it being a favorite, and it's the one that I've listened to so so much and so often until finally I was like, well, I actually do have one. And I think that were I not a musician, then maybe I wouldn't have had one because the reasons are about the about the music you know it's not just about the lyrics but it's about the music and about the way that the song came about but this is definitely my favorite prince song definitely yeah yeah, yeah. it's great it's it's it uh it's not my favorite prince song of all time but it's certainly up there and it's certainly in um contention for my favorite song off sign of the times yeah which is an album that's just stacked with great songs so you know that's yeah. that's a pretty i'd say that that's a pretty high praise for a song to be either you know like one or two or just depending on my day on this record and it is the four it's the fourth track on on the album on disc one and um it follows the really banging 
funk jam housequake you know like a really kind of cool upbeat song and then you kind of get to this next song which is a really in many ways strange musical composition and yeah. i think you alluded to a little bit of its origin and like why it sounds the way it does mm-hmm. and i'm gonna reiterate just a really kind of truncated version of the story for the listeners if you're not aware of of what happened but i also if you want a little more detail around the story there's been lots of accounts from prince's engineer at the time susan rogers about what happened on the day the song was recorded so the way that it's kind of been um relayed to us you know decades later is that prince had commissioned to get a new uh studio in his in his in his house on Galpin Boulevard. This is before Paisley Park. Not not much longer before Paisley Park was finished, but but it was before. And so he wanted to recreate the studio that he had been using at Sunset Sound in Los Angeles, in Hollywood. And so he had this new console installed in his house, in his home studio. And he, I guess, had like a dream the night before and, uh, as it was being set up. So it wasn't completely fully set up yet. And then one night he had a dream in the the song that he really felt like he needed to record this song and he had asked his engineer susan if if susan rogers if the console was ready if the studio was ready and she's like well, i think so i think it's pretty much ready to go but there was this flaw in the console because apparently there was a um a power outage and when the power came back up it didn't come back up on the console fully like half of it was receiving the right amount of power and the other half was not but this wasn't noticed right away and so prince started recording and getting his thoughts out there and getting the music out there and, and singing it and susan noticed the uh the mistake but she didn't stop him because he was kind of on a roll you know and he was he had this creative juices flowing and it just felt like i don't i don't really want to stop him when he's on a roll like this but also at the same time i'm a little nervous because you know <laughs> what, if, what if it sounds like shit and and he has to uh, redo it he's going to be really angry at me um so all things said he listens to it after the fact notices the you know just like in passing oh it doesn't sound quite so you know perfect but i really like how it how it ended up and so he kept it you know it was one of those happy accidents where the the flaw and the how the power was missing from half of the console ended up making the song sound as unique as it does which i i've heard it described this way and and it totally makes sense to me it kind of sounds like a little bit muddy and a little bit underwater like it's not Mm -hmm. it's not as bright the the song the sound isn't as upfront and bright as you might expect it to be um did i get the the story right angel (laughs) that's the story (laughs) yeah yeah, it's been told uh countless times especially now with the sign of the times being reissued as a super deluxe edition last year then there was the pot the official prince podcast and so there's been a lot of opportunities to tell this story again but um if case anybody who's listening to the show hasn't read about it or heard it already that that's my kind of two cent version of that story yeah but it sounds like nothing else which you know makes it memorable makes it cool it's got that really intricate drum programming uh it's got like keyboards are spattered throughout but it's pre- it's a fairly minimal sounding song there's not 
a ton of bells and whistles to it. Uh, there was a saxophone that was added later by Eric Leeds, but then Prince decided not to use that version. So what we got is the more stripped down version. We received the yeah. the, the version with saxophone later on the Super Deluxe Edition, you know, as an outtake. But that's not the version we ended up with on the album. Which I am glad of. Yeah, me too. I prefer this version. Yeah. He's easily prefer this version. Definitely. Yeah. What what I loved so much about it is that it's so stripped down and that very underwater muddy sound. It's just that's what made me love it so much. Yeah. It's just flat. It's so flat and dull, but there's so much happening. Like there's there's so much happening there in in the in the keys that 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 tremolo happening. It's almost like everything's warring with each other. You know what I mean? Like the 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 drive and the drum. It's just interrupt. It keeps interrupting itself. Mm-hmm. All the all, through the whole thing, it's interrupting itself. There's there's these A sevens and F nines that are they don't they never resolve. Like it's just complete genius. But it's so simple that these notes never resolve, so the ear keeps wanting it. You know, you keep waiting on it to resolve, so you keep listening because you, you know, you keep waiting. There's a lot happening with a lot with not very much going on. Yeah, that there's is no hook. What makes yeah, that's what makes me love it so much. There's such a little bit, but there's a whole lot in that little bit. There's a whole yeah. lot in there musically. There's yeah. a lot. Definitely. There's like no, there's no hook. There's no chorus to speak of. It's It's just kind of, it's just kind of pushes forward. Um, I I just, I just love how simple it is to your point, but it's still very intricate, still very complicated for something so simple. It's also complicated. I don't really know how that works. You know, how does something that's simple also be so complicated? Can you imagine somebody trying to recreate this? Yeah. And, and no one you know, has. like just like just like <laughs> it is, like on record, you can't really do it, and that's why it's even though it's simple, it's not at the same time. Right, and the and those background vocals and those little ad libs just bring it all to life. So the which is a you know some of my favorite parts of it are, you know, the ad libs are so simple, and and you've got a whisper here and the, you know, a sound a, a call and response, and it's just it's just it's it's a constant drive. It's a constant mm-hmm. drive. And you've got these ad libs happening and these very simple back, back, background vocals. And it's just the chords are intricate enough. You know, I don't, I don't see anybody attempting to recreate it and being spot on. I don't see that happening. No, no, not at all. Yeah. So yeah, it kind of comes across like as a dream, um, which I guess explains why. I mean, it, it's supposed to because that's basically the way the story was presented to us: is that Prince had this this dream and he needed to to get his thoughts out there on and you know into a recorded song based off of this dream he had. Which, even though the music and how it sounds was a complete accident, it couldn't mm-hmm. have been more serendipitous because it it matches the tone of the lyrics the sound of the song matches the tone of the lyrics it matches the what is being presented to us lyrically because it is so surreal and it is so just kind of off the wall and that is 
that's exactly what we get musically as well. Right. Just, and we're supposed uh, to be on Dream accent. Factory. So do we yep. know why it didn't why it didn't land on Dream Factory? No, I don't know other than just the fact that uh, he was constantly kind of changing his idea of what he wanted to do next after Parade and so Dream yeah. Factory then turned into Crystal Ball and Crystal Ball turned into Sign right. of Times and and the version that he recorded, you know, I mean the Revolution was still his band when the song was recorded but he didn't utilize any of them for you know the the music or the recording of the song i mean the credits there's credits to Susanna Melvoin in as background vocals but and you know i i guess i can hear it here and there but it's not as pronounced as in like some other songs that she's on definitely um, for me it's you know it's very much just like a prince recording which he always has even on prince and the revolution albums there's just prince songs where he it's just did it himself yeah right this it is all worked out as it should have mm-hmm Yep. Yeah, for sure. So this song does have quite a few lyrics. Um, mm-hmm. It's just basically line after line after line, verse after verse after verse. There's, like I said, no chorus to speak of. So we should probably get started on talking through the lyrics. So I'm going to break them up um, as they're kind of broken up on, like, internet. Because if you, if you have the official printed lyrics from the album, it's all just one run-on set of lyrics. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, there, there, you know, there's natural pauses that Prince takes when he's singing the song. So I'm going to use those natural pauses as pauses for us. Dorothy was a waitress on the promenade. She worked a night shift. Dishwater blonde, tall and fine. She got a lot of chips. So the first verse goes, Dorothy was a waitress on the promenade. She worked the night shift. Dishwater blonde, tall and fine. She got a lot of tips. And then we have a little bit of a pause after that. So we'll call that verse one. Okay. All right. So this first verse to me is kind of just like a setup, you know, so kind of like setting up the dream, setting up the story. Uh, He's at a restaurant at night because, you know, she's working the night shift. So you're painting a picture in your head, you know, using the word promenade to kind of give you the visual of a like a restaurant on the on a waterfront uh maybe has outdoor seating outdoor seat. mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of the visual i get it's late at night uh, i don't know how late this place opens night shift maybe also implies that it stays open fairly late but i don't know if it's a 24-hour place or not but but he's there at night so it's evening he meets this uh he meets this woman she's you know you given a little bit of a a physical description of her tall blonde and fine so okay i mean it's not a lot of description but it's enough and she got a lot of tips so (laughs) um okay so she was good at her job i guess i don't know (laughs) she's good at her job and she's good looking so that explains why she gets a lot of tips yep yep she gets a lot of tips because she's friendly and good looking yeah and night shift you know i mean I guess if you're working a night shift, if I'm at a restaurant late at night, I might give the night waitress a pretty decent tip, especially if she's got a some rough tables that she has to deal with. Sometimes <laughs> you go to restaurants at night and you have to deal with some of the people who have been out all night uh, drinking and partying, and then you have to try to you know uh, wait on them and serve them right. food, and it could be kind of rough at times, but maybe this place isn't like that. Maybe this is a respectable restaurant. <laughs> Uh, so what are some of your um, 
thoughts or what what do you feel about like these first lines angel i mean i think they're pretty pretty straightforward you know she's i always my 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 thoughts and and image of that is it's sidewalk or you know it's it's outdoor seating and mm-hmm. i always assume you know she's dishwater blind tall and fine it's pretty self-explanatory she's a good-looking woman and she's she's striking enough you know that she's noticeable in that way and that's probably why she gets lots of tips because she's good looking (laughs) yeah it makes sense right yeah so one thing uh one theory that i've read about this setup verse is that i've heard and I don't know, maybe it was one person, maybe it was several people. I don't remember anymore. It's been a while. But I've heard people try to or attempt to connect these lines to imply that this woman was a prostitute. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. And I don't I don't yeah. buy it personally. I mean, no. sure, you can you can say, you know, when I'm putting air quotes, a waitress on the promenade, meaning like maybe she's hanging out outside on the waterfront. She worked the night shift, which is another kind of euphemism used for prostitution. She got a lot of tips. So, you know, she has a lot of Johns that pay her well because of her attractive qualities. But I don't know. I, I don't really get that that's what she's supposed to be. Sure, you could apply that. And I guess it makes sense. And the way it's phrased it doesn't absolutely say she's not but then in the next in the next verse though there's or not the next verse but two more verses later in verse three it's it's a tougher sell (laughs) it's a long reach it's a long reach yeah yeah Yeah. okay i just felt like i should at least mention in case anybody else has thought that and even if you hadn't then you can come up with your own conclusion of whether or not you believe dorothy is a prostitute or not yeah. But I do want to mention because, you know, the first line of this verse or actually in the entire song is Dorothy was a waitress. And the song is called The Ballad of Dorothy Parker. So yes. we haven't really touched on that aspect of the song yet. So, you know, the titler Dory pa- Dorothy Parker, you know, if we're talking about the real life person, she was a I mean, that's a real person for anybody who's yeah. not aware of that. Dorothy Parker was a real person and she was a a, a writer from like the early to mid 20th centuries when she mm-hmm. was writing her prose in like the 20s 30s 40s and she was pretty successful you know she she was very good at her at her writing and she made a name for herself for that for sure which i mean i guess uh, pretty progressive um at the time probably not a, as many women writers that were successful as there probably should have been or could have been but she was able to break break that glass ceiling for sure. For and, sure. I mean, she was a critic, which I found interesting that she yeah. was a critic in the early 20th century. I mean, a poet, sure, she was a poet, but she was a critic as a woman, which is something that I always found very interesting about her. Mm-hmm. And did you hear the story about how Prince claims to not have ever heard of her? Yeah. Yeah. That's another one. It's like, really? <laughs> and I question oh, that a little bit too. I mean, I'm not, tr- was, yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying I'm not trying to call Prince out as a, as somebody I was bullshitting us on that one, but at the same time I wonder okay, the reasons why I kind of question it, only because she was known for her for her quick wit. 
And in the second verse, which goes, Earlier, I've been talking stuff in a violent room, fighting with lovers past. I needed someone with a quicker whip than mine. Dorothy was fast. Well, earlier, I'd been talking stuff in a violent room, fighting with lovers past. I needed someone with a quicker wit than mine. Dorothy was fast. So he, right there, he says in the second verse that this Dorothy in his song has a quick wit. She's smart. She's, you know, quick with the quip. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what the, the writer, Dorothy Parker, was known for as well. So it's either a really intriguing coincidence a, B, potentially Prince had, you know, heard her in passing, or maybe somebody mentioned her in a conversation. He didn't put two and two together, but somehow got stuck in his subconscious and it manifested itself in this dream he had. And so he had to put it out there. And he doesn't remember where Dorothy Parker, the name, came from because he didn't really, you know, have any firm recollection of that reference mm-hmm. that was made. Or C, it was just a straight up lie. And he knew exactly who she, <laughs> he knew exactly who she was, but he didn't want to admit it because uh, he wanted, you know, Prince was kind of funny that way where he liked to play tricks on the media or play tricks yeah. with his friends. So I don't know which one it was, but um, it's interesting that he never like publicly admitted to knowing who she was. Right. But I mean, the, the verse is a straight rip of exactly who Dorothy Parker was. I want to go with B because I just wanted to be good and right. All things good and right and never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. B B actually seems to me like the most likely. Yeah. Like, like somebody had mentioned her. But I mean, we've all experienced that, right? Like, right. I wouldn't say it's like deja vu, but we heard something and we we're like, gosh, man, that seems familiar. Why do I know that? It's because, you know, you, you heard it on TV or you heard it in a conversation that you were only half paying attention to or you right. read it really quickly in like an article in a magazine or in a book, a reference in a book. Who knows? Who knows? There's a thousand ways you can come across the name that also gives a little context around that person's name and then completely, in your in your opinion, erasing from your mind because you never think of it again until, again, it manifests itself in it's some sort of dream <laughs> right. that you have where you're not even thinking about it and all of a sudden boom that that name comes up again right but, yeah we would i would be remiss not to to talk about this name it isn't just i mean it, it's random but not random at the same time because we don't yeah you know it depends on which version of the story you believe <clears throat> right she was absolutely a real person so absolutely that. <laughs> so in this second verse then this is where the first verse is pretty straightforward. The second verse starts getting a little more, uh, I wouldn't say complicated, but certainly there's lines in here that can be interpreted in multiple ways. Like right off the bat, I'd been talking stuff in a violent room. What What's your take on that line, Angel? Um, I always thought, I mean, looking at that line, it, and, it ha- and it'd have to be, it'd have to go along with the second that there was an argument with a girlfriend. That was the way that I always interpreted it. Mm-hmm. So a violent room yeah. is kind of like a metaphor for just a I room a or a place. <laughs> yeah, that, that a fight occurred. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes yeah, there sense. There was a fight at home. I left and yeah. went to the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 a pretty it's a pretty uh, solid interpretation of those lines. I think it's funny though with the second line, "fighting with lovers past." So, how one interprets that line really depends on whether or not you consider it possessive lovers or plural lovers. So, yeah, like, if you think of it. Yeah, so if you think of it, right, I I was thinking of this when I was, because I've always heard it or just listened to it more like with fighting with my lover's past. He doesn't say it that way, yeah. but that's kind of how I always thought about it. But then if you think of it like as in plural, fighting with lover's past. So, mul- so how that would have to be interpreted then, if you think of it that way, is he, he's fighting, he's like in a fight with a past lover not current lover with a past yeah. <laughs> it's really it's really kind of interesting because i've how i've seen it transcribed on the internet the lyrics they use an apostrophe s but how it's written in the official lyric on the official lyrics in the sign of the times release you know from 1987 yeah. is it's just lovers it's just plural. lovers right no no apostrophe mm. s possessive there so it's been kind of transcribed incorrectly over the years, and it actually changes the can change the meaning a little bit depending on which way you think that it's supposed to be fighting with lovers past plural or fighting with lovers past possessive. Uh, regardless, I do have I have always felt or always interpreted it the same way you did. He was in a fight with his lover, and so maybe they and the fact that he says lovers past maybe kind of for me has taken the approach that it's more of a, a fight about something that happened in the past mm-hmm. with his lover but but it can be gosh you know you can take a look at that and think it's he was fighting with multiple lovers yeah. <laughs> from his, his past <laughs> which is wow it's like why are you still in that close of contact with them and still fighting with them right. if they're past lovers <laughs> I don't know right and is this all at once or <laughs> like are you fighting with multiple people in the same place or yeah it's an yeah. interesting thought yeah it's interesting and then when you think of it like with prince he actually did you know trying to p- apply some of his personal life into the song maybe it wouldn't be so weird for him because he he actually employed past lovers you know he, yeah. he was still working still working with jill jones and you know they had a fling um he was you know, in close contact with Sheila E. He was still working with Sheila E. This is 1986. He's dating Susanna yeah. Noble. Susanna, yeah. So, so you know, like he's, at least three. <laughs> yeah, he's got a close relationship with C- Sheila and Jill still. I mean, he wasn't working with, with Vanity anymore. She had left to do her own thing. Uh, I'm trying to think of any other potential girlfriends that were public at the time. I'm sure there's others that we did not thinking yeah. of, but, but the fact that he's still like the, these women are still in his orbit at this time where normal <laughs> non-superstars um we tend to not that you can't be friends with a with a past boyfriend or girlfriend past you know somebody in your past relationship certainly friendships can and often do still exist mm-hmm. but to be still close enough where you would get into an argument with them unless you were married and you had a reason where you had to constantly be in touch with them. Like, you know, you shared custody of children or whatever. <laughs> right. 
I just don't, it's just, it's just kind of an odd thought to me a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Either I way. Some, yeah, either way, it's very Prince. I yeah. needed someone with a quicker wit than mine, Dorothy, was fast, so that's just kind of a cool way of but basically saying that, you know, she she was smart, she, uh, and she was exactly what he was looking for in that moment. He needed, yeah. he needed like, somebody, in his mind, on equal footing as him in terms of uh, wit and, and intelligence, which I don't know if that speaks to his girlfriend's intelligence that <laughs> he was fighting with. Yeah, that's where I was, <laughs> like, are you suggesting that they just weren't they weren't on your level. Yeah, kind of does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> I can do somebody with a quick, quicker wit than mine, and Dorothy was fast. All right, so then moving on to the third verse. I order. Yeah, let me get a fruit cocktail. I ain't too hungry. Dorothy laughed. She said, sound like a real man to me. You're kind of cute. You want to take a bath? Well, I ordered. Yeah, let me get a fruit cocktail. I ain't too hungry. Dorothy laughed. She said, sounds like a real man to me. You're kind of cute. You want to take a bath? And this verse, you do get a few um, repeats, some echoes of some of the lines. Mm-hmm. You're kind of cute. Do you want to? Do you want to? So you get a couple of those. But this is where the song kind of gets, it's already, it's already a quirky song, but this gets yeah. really quirky starting with this verse. Uh, first of all, Prince orders a fruit cocktail. So he he goes to this restaurant, um, but he's not hungry. So why is he? <laughs> I can think of a lot of places that somebody can go, you know, let off some steam if he just needed to get out. But I suppose, you know, you're thinking he just wanted a place to sit down, maybe not a bar a club that's going to be loud. And restaurants tend to be a little more subdued, quieter, allow some space for the person who's going there. But he's not really that hungry, so he just orders a fruit cocktail. Well, fruit <laughs> and her, <laughs> and her, her response is classic. Sounds like a real man to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just I just really love this verse, Angel. What do you, what do you think about right. it? Right, like he didn't order a drink. I mean, even at a restaurant, he could have had a drink. He's not hungry, but he mm-hmm. orders a fruit cocktail. It is the <laughs> most <laughs> it's the most interesting thing in her response. Then you know certainly. Yeah, sounds like a real man to me. You want a fruit cocktail <laughs> of all of the things that you could order? Mm-hmm. Fruit cocktail. Okay. I don't. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm of the age where when I think of fruit cocktail, I think of that really kind of syrupy. It had like pineapple chunks and those maraschino yeah, cherries. Yeah, maraschino cherries. <laughs> That's what I think of when I think of fruit cocktail. Those little grapes. <laughs> yep, yep. And they they never were all that appealing to me. I, I'm hoping no. that Prince had a much better fruit cocktail from this restaurant than some kind of goopy, syrupy, bottom-of-the-barrel so. fruit. <laughs> Definitely. Like those ones that came in. I don't know if they came in a can and the maraschino cherries just kind of everything was tinted a little red (laughs) (laughs) like super super unappealing (laughs) doesn't really actually taste like fruit just tastes like a bunch of sugar you know for her to laugh at that you know it is cute you know from a woman's perspective a man walks in and he orders that yeah Yeah, that sounds like a real man but it is also cute it is also (laughs) and apparently it's endearing enough because she says she starts hitting on him. You're kind of yeah. cute. You want to take a Do bath? And that's a, a bath? Re- that's a really forward thing to say uh, to somebody. 
And this is kind of where I'm like, okay, this is, I'm getting dream vibes from this because this is not like a real life situation in most cases. I'm not speaking for all human beings on this planet, but <laughs> let's say hypothetically you're a person going to a restaurant by yourself. It, within seconds of meeting a waitress, she starts hitting on you. Um, I don't know. I guess that's, I feel like a lot of waitresses, they're overworked, they're tired. <laughs> they got a lot. They're, they're, ju- they're juggling multiple tables, multiple orders. Their mind probably isn't on dating, or you know, maybe trying to flirt with somebody, flirt with a customer. Right. It just feels like this is a really kind of a fantasy dream scenario that Prince is definitely. Yeah. It okay. I'm glad you're you know. with me on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely makes sense that this all this these lyrics happened in a dream because the we jumped from a fruit cocktail to your cute to a bath the <laughs> the leap there is he it is huge it's definitely yeah. has we we definitely moved to dream at this point definitely yeah okay we're on the same page yes and <laughs> the whole the whole bath thing i mean there's so many examples of prince talking about baths or showing him in a bathtub of course, the yeah. Wind Doves Cry video comes to mind. Mm-hmm. The song Extra Lovable, which never got a release. He wants to take a bath with this girl there. It's just Prince and Baths. There's something about it uh, that he really dug. And it was like a really kind of a sign of intimacy, uh, a metaphor for intimacy. You know, getting mm-hmm. naked, taking a bath with somebody. And you're not just in a bathtub. You're you, most bathtubs. You you have to be pretty close together, you know, in order to Definitely. both two for two people to fit into a bathtub. <laughs> You're practically on top of each other, unless it's one of those huge whirlpool baths. But even then, it's really close contact. So right. it's a it's a, it's an enormous sign of intimacy, and you know, also showing a bit a bit of a little bit of vulnerability to to be you know get naked with somebody else and expose yourself in that way, uh, metaphorically, right. physically, the whole nine. So. Prince and Baths, that's just, you could probably come up with an entire playlist of songs where he yeah. mentions Baths. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just another one of those in that long line of Prince songs where Baths have a prominent place in his in his lyrics. That is a thought. A playlist of Prince and Baths. Yeah, somebody should get I on that. consider that. <laughs> it might be me. <laughs> Prince and Baths, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, going through, doing what I'm doing and going through songs um, from, from a lyrical perspective, it, you start noticing these things and uh, patterns. Um, and this is one that came that came across pretty quickly. And I'm not clearly I'm not trying to claim that I just discovered this because this has been something people have talked about for a long time. But you definitely notice it more when you're dissecting lyrics <laughs> for <Yeah>. Prince songs. <laughs> Make note a bath again. Okay, all right. Talk that one. Up. Another bath. <laughs> wow, okay. Prince likes bass. Got it. Check. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was just thinking another one. Purple music. So, like, in that... He, time, to, time for your morning bath, sir. So, <laughs> I'm just taking the bath. Like, I don't know. I can't remember the last time I took a bath. But, anyway. Uh, anything else you want to talk about with this verse besides just how kind of quirky and dreamlike it is? Yeah, it's definitely... It's playful. And it's it's cute, and then moves to weird. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, 
yeah, it's, it's dreamy, but you know, I mean, servers are, I was actually not, not too long ago having a conversation with, with uh, some friends and acquaintances about women who are hit on who are servers. And a, a lot of them were like, we just really want you to just take this plate <laughs> or take this glass. <laughs> Do you want to refill? Can you please move on so that I can, you know, get to the next table? I'm yeah, exhausted. Working. My feet hurt. Yeah, I just want to go home after this is over. I don't have time. No, I don't want to give you your, my number. I don't want your number. You know, mm. I'm not interested. You know, yeah. It doesn't Everybody matter how attractive you, just, you are. Yeah. Yeah. What you look like is whatever you ordered. I'm just sitting the plate down <laughs> so you can cook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That person is uh, only known by their order. Like that scrambled eggs guy, that's a uh, French toast guy. That woman, right. that he, was pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> She's waffle. He's you know over easy. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yep. Okay, so the next verse, then, as you mentioned, this is where it starts to get even weirder. Oh, I said, cool, but I'm leaving my pants on because I'm kind of going with someone. She said, sounds like a real man to me. Mind if I turn on the radio? Oh, my favorite song, she said. And it was Joni singing, Help me, I think I'm falling. Bring phone rang, and she said, Whoever's calling can't be as cute as you. Right then and there, I knew I was through. Dorothy Parker was cool. <laughs> <laughs> this This verse is the epitome of like Prince's quirky um, just story going a different di- different directions like his brain is moving too fast uh, yeah <laughs> for this verse like he can't even like finish a line and then he's moving on to the next line which which totally mimics real life because in real life not everything that we do has a pause after it like we're in the middle yeah. of something and the phone rings it's like yeah of course the phone isn't going to wait until you're done saying something mm-hmm. you're likely going to be talking when the phone rings right. and that's exactly what happens here with the you know the, with the phone ringing and, and interrupting uh, him talking about or her talking about her favorite song from Joni Mitchell so all right let's back up Angel so <laughs> I'm leaving my pants <laughs> off so the first line, because he's still kind of talking about this bath offer that Dorothy Parker gave him at the end of the first three. You kind of cue you want to take a bath. And he says, cool, but I'm leaving my pants on. <laughs> All right. So what what's your take on that? So, yeah, I do want to take the bath, but <laughs> I'm going to get in the water with my pants on <laughs> because mm-hmm. I kind of have a girlfriend and maybe this is some level of respect for her. <laughs> that, that's where it's going. I don't want to completely disrespect the relationship. So I'm going to keep my pants on 
yeah. so that, you know, things can kind of stay on the up and up. It's just, you know, I mean, you, you almost want to give them an ah, but not <laughs> because you're still getting in the bath. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah, it, it makes, it's like, it makes sense, but it doesn't. Yeah. He's definitely <laughs> riding that fine line. Um, yeah. Between cheating and not cheating. Yeah, leaning way hard over to the cheat part, <laughs> but he hasn't fallen all the way over there. Right. It's like yeah. <laughs> he's feeling like if he leaves his pants on, then, you know, if he has to speak about this encounter later, what did you do? Well, you know, did you meet somebody? Did you what did you do with her? Well, nothing. I, I kept my clothes on. We just went back to her house. Right. I kept my clothes on, you know, <laughs> and he could say yeah. that with a straight face because. <laughs> He technically kept his pants on when he was in this bathtub. Um, another thing about this, clearly we're in a dream again, because she was working two seconds ago and now they're back at her apartment. Yeah. So either, um, either he skipped past the whole part where he just kind of hung out at the restaurant waiting for her shift to get done. <laughs> or just like dreams do, you magically just end up from one place to the next with yeah. no concept of how you got there. You just boom. Snap your finger and now you're right. out, of, out of place. And yeah, that's you're what one sequence to the next. Yeah. Exactly. There's no transition, logical transition. He's now yeah. at her place and uh, kind of going with someone. So he wants to keep his pants on. We talked about that already. Again, sounds like a real man to me. So she's kind of mocking him a little bit again. He mo- She ribbed him a, a bit for the order of a fruit cocktail at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And now she's ribbing him again. Because he wants to keep his pants on, which I guess, you know, if she's trying to think, if she's trying to uh, get him to sleep with her, he has to kind of, she has to kind of respect his decision to Mm -hmm. leave, leave his pants on because he's kind of going with somebody. So, okay. Sounds like a real man to me again, because the macho man would have been jumping into the bed with her and eager to consummate this potential one night stand but he's take he wants to take it slow you know yeah (laughs) in some ways he wants to take it slow or he wants to not do it at all right that first time she's you know sounds like a real man to me this is he's he's charming because he's ordering the fruit cocktail this is you know this almost seems like she's giggling when she says it this time sounds like eye roll okay now there's you sound like a real man now you know it's it's a different tone this time yeah. Um, you know, it seems like she's taken on a different tone this time. Mm-hmm. And she's just, um, you know, rolling with it, you know, rolling with whatever it is that he's telling her. Like, he wants to keep pants on. Cool. I'll just turn okay. on the radio. Yeah. Mind like, if I okay, turn on the radio? Right. Yep. We'll just that's chill. You, all right. You sit in that bathtub with your pants. I'll listen to the radio. And of course, Prince had to throw in a Joni Mitchell reference. Right. Which, you know, he, he doesn't he doesn't really do that a lot. It's not like he's constantly talking about. Joni and his songs but you know he, he never he's never made it very secretive that he admired her and admired her music yes uh, you got Joni as one of the the controversy on the album cover controversy one of the, mm-hmm. the uh, headlines Joni you know and he's also I'm sure in other interviews up to this point so it's not completely surprising that he makes a reference to her here and that it's the song help me which is is a great song. I, I don't listen to a ton of Joni Mitchell, but I do like this particular song, Help Me. Yeah. It's a good song. Um, Definitely. 
And well, again, I think it has some meaning here as well. You know, it's fitting for the moment because here is a man who has a girlfriend in a bathtub with another woman. And he is, and Joni is saying, help me, I think I'm falling. Mm-hmm. Of all of the of all of the Joni Mitchell songs that he could have chosen, this one is appropriate for the moment. Now it could have just very well been the one that he pulled out of the air, but to me, it seems like it was maybe something that was chosen on purpose because it is appropriate for what's happening. Yeah, I, I believe it was probably intentional. Uh, you know, of any Joni song you could have picked to your point, this one, because the line yeah. is actually "Help me." I th- I think I'm falling in love, but because it gets interrupted, uh, he, he cuts that, you know, singing that line short because he gets interrupted by the phone call. Otherwise it would have gone, help me. I think I'm falling in love again or something like that. So, Mm -hmm. but the phone, the phone interrupts that, um, that part where he's kind of singing off to the side. And I like how she said, whoever's calling can't be as cute as you. So even though he's being kind of, weird and odd and not taking his pants off <laughs> and not really like seizing the moment so to speak with this with Dorothy she's finding it charming i guess and yeah. she's she's still into him she still thinks he's cute just like she said he was earlier in the song you're kind of cute whoever's calling can't be as cute as you he's she still says cute. he's still cute despite <laughs> yeah. despite kind of the odd odd behavior that he's exhibiting and the fact that he admitted that uh, he's kind of going with someone. So what does kind of going with someone mean? Uh, one can debate that, but I yeah. always kind of took that to mean like, uh, I'm in the very early stages with somebody. We haven't quite defined it yet. It's not, we're not living together by any stretch, but certainly I have feelings. I think she has feelings as well. I don't want to screw it up because it right. could be could be good, but it's a little early to tell. Right. We don't know yet. Nope. He doesn't know yet either. Yeah. Right then and there, I knew I was through. That line can be interpreted a couple different ways, too, I think. Um, how, how do you take that line, the very last line of this verse? It strikes but, me as her flirting has landed. You know, she'd been a little flirty all the way through, but now, you know, they're they're at her place and in the, in the bathtub. And, you know, she's she's been it's been missing. You know, he's been holding on, you know, to the to the kind of going with someone all this time. But this last one, whoever's calling can't be as cute as you. That's the one that landed. So now I'm in trouble. Because, you know, now this one is the one that makes me feel like uh, whoever, you know, the, the girlfriend, the, the possible girlfriend, that's all gone out of the window now. <laughs> that's good. That's over. That's out of the window now. Whatever Dor- it is, it's going to happen. It's kind of going to happen. Dorothy Parker was cool. That was, it's was kind cool. of said under, under his breath, but that's, yeah. you know, it's kind of like a behind the music a little bit but it's there you hear it if you listen yeah. to hard enough right yeah. then and there i knew i was through okay so the next verse my pants were wet they came off but she didn't see the movie because she hadn't read the book first instead she 
Instead, she pretended she was blind, an affliction brought on by a witch's curse. Dorothy made me laugh. I felt much better, so I went back to the violent room. Tell you what I did. I took another bubble bath with my pants on. All the fighting stopped. Next time I'll do it sooner. This is the ballad of Dorothy Parker. Whew. <laughs> I mean, this is this is a this is a hell of a song. This is one of the best yeah. written songs from a lyrical standpoint. And it's so brilliant because the way when you listen to it, you pick up different things all the time. And you pick up diff- little nuances about the way it's sung, about the way the songs or the way the lines are delivered, um, how they blend into each other, how there's callbacks to previous verses later in the mm-hmm. song. There's talking about it's a story song, but also like if if uh, David Lynch had written a Twin Peaks episode for prince <laughs> and he sung it this is <laughs> this is almost how bizarre it is yeah <clears throat> so my pants are wet so they came off so at this point if you're thinking of this literally and not metaphorically he's removed his clothing now so he's becoming more he's comfortable with her he's uh exposing himself his fears are starting to melt away you know this comes right after the line i knew i was through Yep. So he takes it now. I can I can remove. I can shed my clothing. I can I can be. I can expose myself physically, but also you can interpret it to be as a metaphor as well, exposing himself and opening himself up to this woman. Yeah, but she didn't see the movie because she hadn't read the book, the book first. First, this is probably my favorite line of the song. Yes. Uh, of, a, of a song with a lot of different lines. This is probably my favorite because it's so clever. And the way I always kind of interpreted this line is she decides not to, to go through with it. And this is where yes. I think some a lot of people think two different ways about this song. They 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 had sex or they didn't have sex. And I I I always took it to that they didn't. That was my takeaway from the song. Is they did not consummate it. They did not have sex. And it's because of this line. She didn't see the movie because she hadn't read the book first. So she didn't She didn't pay her due. She didn't put in the work. I, I take this to me like because she didn't read the book, meaning like she didn't get to know him. She hasn't yes. spent the time to get to know him. Like they just met. And and reading a book takes much longer than watching a movie. We all know that. You read a book, you're you're really kind of... Um, committing you know you're committing right. days and hours to this where a movie you can watch in less than two hours most movies and it's just like the truncated version it's the it's the abridged version it's it's cool and it's exciting but it's not the full story 
you never get the full yeah. story in a movie. And so the fact that she didn't read the book, she's not getting the full story. So she's not going to go through with this with him. That's been, yeah. that's my interpretation. Um, mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on this? That this is one of one of, if not my, I think one of the best metaphors he's ever in this song and probably in most, if not all. And I agree. I always thought that it was that she chose not to because she didn't know him. Mm -hmm. Like as much as she has flirted and, and the clothes came off and the moment that he chose to be so vulnerable that he removed everything. The, he removed the clothes physically and he chose to be emotionally vulnerable with her. She said, no, I don't want to do it because I just don't know you. <laughs> I don't know you well enough. Mm -hmm. That has always been what I interpreted it to be. She just chose to not do it because she didn't know him. Yeah. Okay. So we, we have the same interpretation, but I guarantee yeah. there are people who who disagree with us and and tell us that in their opinion, which you know, that nobody's right or wrong for sure because we didn't write the song, but yeah. their interpretation is that they did have sex. And it's because of the later in this verse where he says, Dorothy made me laugh. I felt much better. So I went back to the violent room. The whole feeling much better. But I don't, I don't mean, can, you can feel better without having sex. I mean, sex Definitely. does not equal feeling better. Actually, having sex might have made him feel worse, especially if he's kind of going with kinda someone. Kind of going with someone, right. <laughs> <laughs> I would think that that would actually make you feel worse. Right. Um, Unless you're really just strictly thinking about it as a, like, oh, he had a, a physical encounter, which made him happy. Made which, him feel better, yeah. Which lightened his mood. Right. Uh, it's, there's more to it, and I think... And there's so much more, yeah, to that. Yeah. yeah. So much and, more than the physical aspect of it. And Prince always was preaching that, too. Like, yeah, sure, he's had... We're not trying to say that the man's never had casual sex. But what we're saying is, like, in a lot of... What I'm saying is, like, a lot of his songs, he expresses the the need for intimacy uh right. which which equates to you know basically mind-blowing sex if you're if you have that vulnerability and openness with your partner and you're intimate with your partner in a way that only people that uh have that opportunity to to get to know each other better and truly love each other right. he's always kind of spoken about that in many of his songs as as like the epitome of you know sex and how that brings him closer to god and not Definitely. to get too into that because that's not really what this song's about but that's also another reason why i never interpreted this song to mean that he that dorothy and he had sex in the song i've always interpreted the same way you did and i love the fact that not only did she pretend she was blind she has like this backstory, like, oh, I'm blind because uh, a witch, a witch cursed. <laughs> I was cursed, right? I mean, it's just, it's just another really like endearing aspect of this song to take it there, you know, take the lyrics there. Like he's just, I just envision Prince just kind of like stream of consciousness, just writing down stuff, you know, like, oh yeah, yeah, she's blind. That's why she didn't uh, watch me when I got undressed. And uh, why did she become blind? She became blind from witch's curse, and just yeah, like stuff that cursed. was coming into his head. Why? <laughs> Why not, right? Because if we're if we're approaching the song like it's 
just like a, a dream in many ways. Anything's possible, right? So Definitely, yeah. But it also sure. speaks to, again, the character of Dorothy in the song being quick-witted. And this is just another quirky aspect of her personality that she would go there to the to the nth degree in the song and and concoct this this story about why she can't watch him get undressed because she's been blinded by a witch um it's just yeah it's just a really kind of fun way to to express these the sentiment without it you know being or while still being fun yeah Yeah, it's not it's not heavy it's fun yeah it's not heavy which you know which i mean it's it's on the fly something she just comes up with real fast and it's funny Mm -hmm. which would make him laugh (laughs) it's you know moves right into the next line that it would make him laugh yeah dorothy made him laugh and he felt much better so he went back to the island so i just mean it or I just take that to mean again, she was a, she was basically in the context of the song, exactly what he needed to get, to get over whatever hump he was experiencing in his personal life. Uh, this encounter maybe didn't go exactly the way either of them planned, but it was exactly what he needed. And she was able to assist in that way because of who she is like her, her personality allowed him to feel better because she was quick-witted, she was funny, she was pretty, and it was just kind of like, I had a really kind of cool experience with this person, and it made me feel better, and it didn't even have to be sexual. Yeah, which is, you know, one all, all of that together is is yet more of a reason to believe that it was not a casual sex situation. It was just an encounter that was just something refreshing i guess you know i mean even considering by the time we got to sign of the times we casual sex was not something that you would have even thought of you know where he was concerned but all of this is enough even just in this passage to to you know i mean everybody's interpretation is what it is but mm-hmm. you know just for me Everything about this says that it went the way that it went. She was hilarious. She was fun. She was different than the fighting that was happening wherever he'd come from. And it was enough to lighten the mood so that you could go back home. Mm-hmm. And how I take like the last kind of section of lines where he says, I took another bubble bath with my pants on. All the fighting stopped. Next time I'll do it sooner. I always kind of interpreted this to to say, like, his character in the song figured out a way to deal with his relationships, uh, maybe deal with, you know, um, conflict better. Yeah. He takes a bubble bath with his pants on because it reminds him of his experience with Dorothy Parker that he really enjoyed, helps him relax, helps him cope. And this is what he's going to do next time instead of running off uh, going to a restaurant on the promenade late at night and hoping to meet another Dorothy Parker. He's just going to just kind of revisit that that night in his mind by taking a bubble bath with his pants on. That's that's how I take these last section of lines. Do you have a different kind of approach to how you interpret that? 
Yeah, actually, I I agree. Um, I think that it to me it is exactly that. And instead of the fight, I mean, the fighting is going to occur because people have conflict. But instead of it going on for however many hours that people can fight for, you know, because once you're in it, you're in it. So instead of it going on for however long it is before you walk out of a door and slam it to go looking for the next Dorothy Parker, then in those moments when you realize that I don't want to do this, then you can go back to those moments a lot sooner than it took to walk out of the door, you know, so you can resolve it all before it comes to that the next time. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. That's exactly how I think it is. It's like, it's like he, it's like a lesson. He learned a lesson in this experience. I feel like in many ways he, he turned a bad situation into good and, you know, as we talked about earlier, he was really straddling that line of maybe doing something he was going to regret, especially since he was wanting to make this work, potentially wanted to make this work with this new girl. Yeah. But he didn't. And instead, he had now a, a situation that he can think back fondly of instead of with embarrassment or shame. Right. Uh, which is which is great, which is kind of like the moral of the story is. Uh, open yourself up to experiences and encounters that can nourish you and make you better and not necessarily let a lot of the negativities of the world get you down and find ways to have fun and and be silly sometimes if it need if you need to be take a take your yeah. take a bath with your pants on i mean who does that nobody of course <laughs> but right. but if it makes you feel better, then why not? What what harm does it do? Right. And, I mean, you know, you don't know it's going to make you feel better until you do. Yep. Got to try. Know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe tomorrow, maybe I might just take a bath with my pants on. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it might make me feel better. It might make you feel amazing, Angel. You just never know until you, you try just it. just never know. I don't, I don't know until I give it a try and see what happens, you know. I might be pissed off when I get out. Because I was just going to say, you might get out of that bathtub and think, why Why did I do that? Now I've got these soaking wet pants that I have and to And I'm calling try. you like, Jason. <laughs> just, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> bad idea. It's, it's bad not worth idea. it. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's everything is so in this moment that we're all living in right now. Everything is so damn heavy, you know, and understandably so. So we have to find some moments to lighten things up sometimes. And if that is, I mean, at this point, I swear I am going to use taking a bubble bath with my pants on to mean any, it's going to be whatever I choose it to be. You know, it maybe it is standing at the back door and screaming, so I feel better. That's my mom used to always do that when she was frustrated. She'd stand at the back door, open it up, and scream, and then she felt better. We were little kids, and then she would encourage us to do the same thing. There's something so freeing and good feeling (laughs) about a moment to just scream and then feel better Mm -hmm. after it was over. You know, maybe that's the moment, maybe it's you know, whatever thing it is that makes you feel better, I am now going to name taking a bubble bath with my pants on. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the thing that I'm going to do now. But, you know, we have to find these light moments or create them for ourselves, yeah. you know, so that we can find something 
to feel good or feel better about. You know, otherwise we're just going to, you know, it's too heavy. You know, we got to find a way to lighten it up now. And you don't have to explain to anybody why it is you're coming home in wet pants. (laughs) if you you choose to actually do this you know and and straddle the line because I'm sure at some point you know what we don't get and what I always think about is when he came back home he definitely had to explain why his pants were wet (laughs) (laughs) yeah good point yeah unless of course it's a dream because then his pants were just magically dry when he showed up (laughs) definitely (laughs) there's There's always that option Yes. Uh, but yeah, mental health mental health is important. So you're right. You're absolutely right. Everybody needs to find their sure. own version of what Prince did in the song to get through his tough times because uh, yeah. yeah. I mean there's a lot there's a lot of stuff going on right now in the world and uh even if it, we even if we weren't experiencing everything that we're experiencing, well, our society, there's always gonna be something, right? I mean, we all know right. this pandemic might be over and let's say racism is solved tomorrow. There's still gonna yeah. be something else there's always a something else there's always something else that we need to kind of and, and if, it could be just listening to the song it could be our taking bubble bath with our jeans on so it is my go-to whenever i'm it, feeling annoyed yeah, <laughs> it's, my go-to. it's a great it's a great song for so many yeah. reasons so many reasons but i think the lyrics are a huge reason why i like this song but as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode the music is really key as well and yeah. how they just it just fits together so perfectly, and and anytime a song like this, I think that's why so many of us had a negative reaction to the version with horns, is mm-hmm. because we're just we think this song is perfect as is, and is. doing something different or tweaking it or remixing it or whatever, no, don't uh, just leave it alone. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, There's it's perfectly no need fine. To with perfection. Yeah, it's fine the way that it is. And I don't know. I mean, I didn't love the horns, but it also felt the mix was weird for me. It's almost as if they laid the horns on top of it and didn't mix it completely. It was just odd. Like, just it's perfect the way that it is. Let's just leave it how it is. Yeah. Agreed. It's good. Agreed. (laughs) All right. So that brings us to the end of the episode, Angel. Um, At this time, uh, I guess if you would like to kind of share anything that you're doing or anything you want to promote at this point. Thank you. So I am my, my day job is I am a baker. I own a home-based bakery, um, Daisy B and company. Um, my mom's name is Daisy. And so I, uh, she is alive and kicking because people always say, Oh, did she pass away? She did not. I just honor her with the name of my bakery. Um, it's Daisy B and Company. And um, I I am local and I also ship within the United States. And I currently sell the perfect cookie. It is the most perfect chocolate chip cookie that you will ever have. I promise it truly is. And you can order it. At my website, it is daisybco.com, D-A-I-S-Y, the letter B-C-O.com. It is five one-and-a-half-ounce cookies for $10 plus shipping. Okay. Well, I definitely will put that website in the show notes and have links to it so people can easily access it. And I'm actually looking at it right now, the perfect cookie. 
the perfect I see a picture of the perfect cookie right now and it, it looks amazing. I think I <laughs> I'm kind of hungry right now apparently. So <laughs> unlike you. Prince, I'm I would order more than a fruit cocktail if I was at a restaurant. <laughs> It seems like Prince never was hungry, though. Never. <laughs> for him to for him to say like, "I'm not too hungry. I ain't too hungry." It's like, yeah, we know, <laughs> dude. You're you probably never, never hungry, eat. <laughs> right? <laughs> that is like that's my that's my day job. That is what I do. Also, I would be remiss to not say I also work with a wonderful. It's a it's a great time. Um, I I am a writer, and I work with uh, Julian Long at Storytime with Julian. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. And we are Storytime with Julian. We read Black literature. It's fiction. We do short stories Tuesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. You can find us every Tuesday and Thursday. It's always a great time. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show, Angel. I appreciate your insight, appreciate your perspective on the song. It sounds like we have very similar thoughts on the song. Um, you just so. never know. You just never know when you when you have a guest and you're talking about a song for the first time, if you're going to be on the same page. It seems like you and I are pretty much on the same page with this one, which is so. perfectly fine. I think uh, the song, you know, has its has its uh, charms, and we're we're both very much into it for a lot of different reasons, and. Yeah. Again, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute blast. I'd love to do it again. Okay. I would love to. Deal. So this has been the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. Wanted to thank Angel Monique, a new guest of mine, for being on the show. You can find the show uh, anywhere, basically, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, using the Press Rewind pod uh, name. Look it up there. I also have a, a blog, PressRewind.net, where I do some writing and just some musings on music and prints. And also um, make sure to check out the Discord if you like the Discord server as a some way to communicate and talk about things. I have a Discord server for this podcast where we talk about prints. Just another way, like if you have uh, a desire to talk about prints and you don't have anybody in your real life that can talk to prints about Join the Discord. We talk about Prince. That's what it's about. And um, if you like the show, go ahead on uh, Apple, iTunes, and give me a rating. I think that's pretty much the only avenue that the show is on where you can really rate it. I mean, I'm on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, but it's really Apple's the big one. So if you enjoy the show, a rating would, would be greatly appreciated and helpful. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.